It's all going to be great. Sure. All right, so what are we talking about? We're talking about what we do with our books. Right. Um, and just how we display them. How we display them. What you keep and what you don't. You want to know why I wanted to talk about this? Because Audible Discernment Guy brought it up? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Robbie from Audible Discernment. Mm-hmm. Are we recording for real now? No. Okay. No, we are talking. We're just talking. Yeah. We both have our hands folded and we're just <laughs> acting like this is really professional, so I didn't know if I needed to tell, like, the actual story. No, you don't. Okay. Yeah, no. But... I will when we're really yes. doing it. <laughs> when okay. we start recording, we can do that. Okay. Um, so we're going to talk about what books we keep, how we display them, why we display why? them, and maybe how we arrange them on bookshelves. Yeah. Cool. Okay. okay. Welcome to episode 83 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. I'm Chris Jensen, a grad student and bookseller at the bookshelf. And I'm Annie Jones, owner of the bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. Today, we are talking about what we do with our books, other than read them. That's right, where we put them, why we why we keep them. What we keep, Right. how we display them, how we arrange them, all kinds of things. So why are we talking about this? So I thought this would be a fun episode to do after Robbie from Audible Discernment, right. um, which you can check the episode we did with them. Um, episode 78. Eight, yeah. Um, I'll put a link to it in the show notes, but it was a really fun episode. Mm-hmm. Um, the audio quality wasn't awesome. But the conversation, I thought, was pretty great. It was. Um, so we talked to them a lot about music and books, but we record this podcast in my house. Um, yes. Which is why the audio is what it is. It's it's never great. No, but we are so grateful that you listen to us anyway. Um, but we recorded in my house, and after the episode was over, this was the first time the guys from Audible Discernment had been in my house. Maybe the last? I don't know. <laughs> but, <laughs> Question mark. Right, but... Um, Robbie was looking at my bookshelves, and I have one bookshelf in my living room, two in my dining room, one in my hallway, and one in our uh, guest room. So he was looking at the one in the living room, and we'll talk about how those are arranged in a minute, but he said something to the effect of he has recently gotten rid of a lot of books because he wondered if it was a source of pride for him, like Mm -hmm. to have books like just out so that people can kind of comment on what you're reading like um maybe showcasing that you're intellectual or whatever and i mean the guys kind of ribbed him for it because it it, i guess it sounded a certain way i thought it was an interesting comment to make he apologized about it later via email robbie no hard feelings i honestly thought it was an interesting thing to think about and results resulted in this episode yeah <laughs> so <laughs> so thanks for that so thanks um so i just immediately started to think oh why do i keep the books that i keep um because anybody who has moved um <laughs> ever knows that books are heavy Ugh, and the worst. that is always when i do my purging of my books um and so when we moved from tallahassee to thomasville i went through and purged some titles and yet there are still some that i think jordan or people that we love might be surprised that we have them on our shelves um but i have reasons for every book that is on my shelf i really do um i have a copy of chicken soup for the writer's soul oh yeah well here's the thing it's beautifully inscribed by my father exactly no that's gonna be a sentimental thing and it was given to me in high school and it is cheesy and i don't care because my dad gave it to me of course um and my 
but my dad also, so every Christmas my dad would give me and my brother books he picked out himself, or gifts he picked out himself, so like, obviously my mom did a lot of the Christmas shopping, well, sure. but like dad uh, gave us like a gift he had specifically picked out, and one year I got this Christian fiction book um, I think about Jane Austen mm-hmm. like fiction about her or something and he inscribed it like, to someone who I think is following in Jane's footsteps or something did I read that book? No, I did not read that book. But will I keep that until the day that I die? Yeah, I will. Because my dad wrote in it. And, right. And so you keep books for nostalgia's sake or whatever. But it got me thinking about why. Why do we keep what we have? Yeah. Especially when I feel like we live in a way more mobile society than we used to. Well, and this is the whole impetus behind e-readers and yeah. e-books. Like, you don't have to carry all these books around. You don't have to ever move with the hundreds of books that you own, but ugh. Yeah, and yet, interestingly, so speaking of that, um, because, like, why do you need them if you read on e-readers? Yet there is a market for, have you heard of this, Books by the Foot? No. Okay, so Strand Bookstore does this, and I've heard of other bookstores doing it. Other home decor stores do it, Mm -hmm. where they sell, like, old-looking, antique-looking books, like, sets of them, literally by the foot, Uh and then you can buy them as decorations for your home. So it's not the whole book, it's just... It's the whole book, but it's, like, six books, or seven books, or eight books. Oh. Like, but... They pick them out, I guess, based on pretty covers, or you could buy, if you're the type of person who organizes your books based on color, which I was for a time, like, you can buy a set of eight, eight, but they're all different titles, they're not from the same collection, um, they're mismatched, they're, like, antique or old or used books, but you buy them literally by the foot, so, like, if you want... I don't know, like, if you want two feet worth of books on your bookshelf. But isn't that the most bizarre? That's... I don't... Know what I to think, think you're about stunned. that. I yeah. am. I'm completely <laughs> stunned. Well, I'm having the opposite reaction of allies in Gatsby's library, where he like picks a book up and he's like, "Oh, these are real books." Yeah. Um, <laughs> you would he be just picking it up, it be... and you would be thinking, "Oh, this is a fake book," right? Because <laughs> they're real books, but you haven't read them, right? Whereas I really try very hard. Oh, for a long time, when I had a desk job, I read a lot of blogs, and one of the blogs that I loved be- belonged to a. Um, middle school librarian out in California and she had this project she was doing on her blog called the unread library mm-hmm. and what she was doing was work, she had a you know a huge uh, you know huge book cases in her home and she was working through those and identifying which books she'd never actually read and she had vowed like not to buy new books until she finished Oof. all her unread titles that would take me so long yeah but I thought that was interesting I don't know. So, obviously, we're not the only people who think about no. why do you keep these things. Well, and, like, that's something that I'm going to be teaching in the fall, like, the, the book as material object. Because, like, as the book in its codex form kind of came into flower in the in the Middle Ages, it was, like, you couldn't afford it, like, mm-hmm. and people didn't know how to read. Um, and they were made from, like, sheepskin, and, like, they were very expensive to make and to maintain. So they existed as art objects, first and foremost, for a lot of people at some point in history. Um, the, the Book of Hours is a whole subgenre of text of, like, snippets from the Bible and prayers and things that were mostly made for noble women. But these are books made to be looked at, mm-hmm. not necessarily read. Right. And scholars will fight me on that, and you're probably right. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um so I don't know. There is a whole tradition behind that, but it's still shocking to me that you can buy books by the foot that you don't even intend to read, but I'm sure somebody reads them, right? Somebody must read them. Um, 
I'm just, I'm intrigued by that because even when I did, so in my old house, I'm always trying to figure out how I want to arrange my books. Yeah. Um, they're currently arranged by genre. <laughs> um, but literally, we we moved into this house super quickly. Like, like I didn't, I don't like empty box. Like I hung things on the wall immediately when we moved here. Cause I wanted it to look like a home and mm-hmm. not just a house. So as a result, I just like loaded books on my bookshelves by genre and I haven't touched them since. So they're not organized like I might normally have organized them uh-huh. because now I also spend my days organizing books at a store. <laughs> so I don't necessarily come home and want to do that for fun anymore. But in Tallahassee, I went through a phase where I organize our books by color. And honestly, it was super striking and beautiful, and I would test myself to make sure that I knew where my books still were, by like Jordan would call it a title, and I would be like, yes, I do know what color that is. And I feel like you'd have to. You would have to. Um, and you naturally, believe it or not, I think do it anyway. Um, yeah, you just I do. kind of know what, yeah, maybe visual learners do. But anyway, even when I arranged them by color, it would never have occurred to me, oh, you know what? I don't have as many pink books. I'm going to go on the internet and Water order a books. foot of pink books. Ugh. Like, that would never occur to me. No, that's bizarre. But that is because my books, my bookcases are not pretty. They are not decorated. They are just, like, you know, people who, like, curate their bookshelves to also have decorative objects. Oh, there's too many books I was about to say, that. there are no, there's no room on my shelves for decorative objects. Um, I got a new six-foot shelf a month ago, and it's full. <laughs> like, I bought that, or I, I was given that, um, <laughs> so that I would be able to move things off the floor of my apartment and be able to have more room for things. And right. I reorganized, and it's full. Right. Completely full. I have three six-foot-plus shelves, so they're taller than me. So I'm 6'3", so they're like 6'6", six, six, I guess. They're mm-hmm. six-and-a-half-foot shelves, and two probably four-and-a-half-foot shelves. And they're all completely full, and I need another shelf already. So this is what... So I live in a 1,000-square-foot home, which I adore, and I am trying to figure out how... What is the balance? Like, because my bookshelves are full. Do you buy a new bookshelf? Do you purge books? Because I'm sure there are some that I could purge. Like, not all of them have inscriptions from my father, or... Like, I could purge, but also... I think we all in the book world know that books are becoming prettier. Like they're returning to yeah. a pretty. I think people know that if you're buying a book and you're not buying it in ebook format, then obviously you want it to be pretty. And so even some of the advanced reader copies I've gotten, I want to keep because mm-hmm. I've marked in them or right. they have pretty covers. Um, and you can let. I'm looking at my book shelf right now, and obviously I'm running out of room because they're just. They're just books on top of other books. Yeah, yeah, it's not great. Um, and. I just can't figure out, gosh, do I just need to go through these and pick out books that I'm never going to read and that weren't, that aren't meaningful and it's just time to get rid of them? Or do I find somewhere in my thousand square foot home for another bookcase? Um, and, and why do I keep all of them to begin with? If they're not nostalgic, what's the other reason? I don't think it's pride. Oh, I don't. I don't I think, think so either. I'm, I mean, in, I mean, I I'm sure it that's, could be for somebody else. That's the case for somebody, I'm sure. But like, in, but even then, I would think vanity more than pride. It's not yeah. about like proving to yourself that you have all these things, but being able to show it off to other people, right? Right. Subtle difference, but but I think important. Um, and like, I never have people over. Like nobody ever comes to my apartment, and so. <laughs> 
I can already rule that out. There's no vanity there. Yeah, I think, well, and the books in my living room, ironically, so again, just because it was the the box that we unpacked first, um, the, the shelf in my living room is reference, uh-huh. uh, memoir, Bibles. nonfiction, and it's Christian literature. Ah. Um, and you can totally see Annie and Jordan's movement from evangelical Christianity <laughs> to Anglicanism. Like you can watch it <laughs> on my bookshelf. Like you can yeah, see it happening. That is um, accurate. And then I get a kick out of like putting. I do this at the bookshelf too sometimes. But like, um, I mean, I try to arrange them by genre. But sometimes, like I think I stuck Dave Ramsey for a while. He was next to Mindy Kaling, and I just kind of got a kick out of that. <laughs> but. Um, it's not for me a source of pride, or I think I would have stuck prettier, nicer books on this right. <laughs> the shelf that you see right, first right, thing right. when you walk in. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> so it must not be a source of pride for me because these aren't even like my literary fiction. These are like, these are like I think there's four or five copies of the new international version of the Bible on that shelf. That's yeah. <laughs> so and there's Diane Roberts and there's Lena Dunham and Amy Poehler. Yeah, so those are my memoirs, which I do love. But my point is, like, these aren't pretty books. They aren't attractive, but I'm not going to get rid of those because I, I do frequently write in my books. Right. And you um, do have some pretty books there. You've got um, Jane Austen and Nathaniel Hawthorne, right. like what I might call like a presentation copy. Yes, but Henry my question Tales. is, is that what you keep? Do you keep those? Because those to me are definitely decoration books. I mean, I've read Jane Austen. Yeah, but, but not I've that copy. And I've read Hawthorne, but not that copy. Right. I don't own many books like that. I owned those before I owned a bookstore. Mm. Meaning, when, like, Jordan wanted to get me a gift, and he didn't know what kind of book to get me. Here, I know you like Austin, so here's a collection. Right. Well, we would never do that now. Now we know right. each other well. Like right. I think that was even pre-marriage. Like, you know. And those are pretty copies. They are really pretty. I and like I, I decorate with them sometimes. That's the other thing. I decorate with... <laughs> You do decorate with books, books everywhere. Yeah. So you have books on shelves, but there are also books like on the mantel, on top yeah. of this piano. Uh, there are magazines on the end table behind me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Books, books everywhere. <laughs> and, and I can relate. Yeah. Um, I have books on shelves. I have books on my dining room table. I have books on my coffee table. I have books they're on my nightstand. They are everywhere. everywhere. Uh, have you ever counted yours? No. I haven't either. Well... I do have a document on my computer that is my library. Oh, you... What? That's adorable. Well, <laughs> I've moved a lot of times in the right. past four years. I've moved three times in the past four and a half years, which is... That's awful. It's too many times. <laughs> um, and and before that, I was in college and moving twice a year Right. anyway. So, like, I had to start keeping track of my books. And so I've just added this document. Now, really it's fun. not up to date. Okay. And it's always a huge pain to keep up to date because my books are organized chronologically by the author's earliest book. I remember that when I came to your uh, apartment. Which is really easy for me to just, like, stick it on the shelf because I know when these books were released or whatever. But when I have 50 new books that I need to now put into my document, right? I need to, like, spend three hours figuring out... Have the number of books you bought increased since working in the bookshelf? Decreased. Decreased? So much. You're welcome. Yeah. No, it has helped me a lot. Um, swearing off Amazon has helped me right. more than anything. Yeah. Because um, now I'm not just like aimlessly internet shopping and right. ending up with $100 of books that I didn't need to buy. Yeah. Now it's like, oh, well, 
I know that I don't actually need this right. and I have it here and I can look at it and see if I actually want it. Yeah. I think my, I think it's hard to know with me if, um, owning the bookstore has decreased or increased my buying habits because sometimes as we talked about in a previous podcast, like sometimes I will quietly and carefully like take a book home before, mm-hmm. before it's been released or if it, if it's already been released, like I'll hold it out for myself and, um, and then return it to the shelves. Please don't worry. I don't read in the bathtub or read while I'm eating anymore. I do, I do advanced reader copies, but not the bookshelf's books. Um, so I think that probably has cut back on buying. Um, yeah, mostly the addition to my shelves is, is galley copies. Yeah. Um, I have have a lot of those. I have a lot of those that I didn't used to have. And I don't know, but I don't know. It's not a source of pride. I keep them from nostalgia. I keep them because I've written in them. And there is a part of me, and maybe this is nostalgia, but in the front of books that I read, that I own, I will frequently write first read, and then I'll put the date when I first read them, and I'll just quickly put, like, loved it, hated it, whatever. And I do that because I weirdly hope that I have a kid one day who wants to know. I'm the same way. Uh, <laughs> all of my books have writing in them, and if I am reading something again, I will use a different writing implement. Yeah, so that um, you know. Like, two different Chris's read this Exactly. Book. Hannah Arendt's The Human Condition is a book I've read three or four times, and every time I've done it, I've used a different colored pen yeah. or a pencil to see like what my notes are, and sometimes I will talk back to my notes. Yes! Oh, I do that. I was rereading, oh, something... Uh, I want to say it was C.S. Lewis a few months ago and just found my notes from like 2010 and I was so embarrassed by them mm-hmm. because they were so dumb. They were just like, like the dumbest observations. No, it wasn't C.S. Lewis. It was Beowulf. <laughs> it was Beowulf. And now like now I'm getting a PhD in medieval lit. It's not 2009, like my second, right. second year in college anymore. Um, and I have... <laughs> I have better things to say, and I was so upset at some of the things I'd written in the margin there, and was just like cursing at myself in the margin. <laughs> Awful. But you know what? Like that—that's why you keep books. No, though, that's because, exactly why. I keep because books. you kind of get to see. It's just like keeping old journals. Like mm-hmm. you get to kind of see the former versions of yourself. It is that. Um, and you know, I—I I really do try hard to have books. I mean, I'm not as as particular about it as the woman I was talking about earlier but I do have to I do try to have books on my shelf that I have actually read Mm -hmm. and that um you know with the exception of those couple that my dad gave me like really trying hard to to figure out who I am and I think my books show that like I said like you religiously you can kind of tell where we've moved and Mm -hmm. like um I think personally like you can see some feminist literature that I probably I don't know I probably would have owned those when I was 18 but like you can just kind of see your tastes change and I think there's something really cool about that which is why I'm hesitant even to get rid of some um you know I think I own a copy of Emily Giffen and there's nothing wrong with her you know she's kind of quote unquote chick lit but I'm hesitant to get rid of that because like 22 year old Annie who was just trying to get back in the groove of reading after Mm -hmm. being in college like that's what she picked up at the local bookstore like yeah and I like that. Like, I like seeing that. I, I also write in my books if I've re- read them for a book club. And so it's fun to see which books were book club selections. Yeah. And um, actually, I think that's one thing that has changed with my reading life. And that may be another episode entirely. But um, 
because I don't buy as many books as I used to, I don't write in them any, anymore because I'm trying to be oh, careful. They're right. bookstore copies. And, um, and that's why I buy all my books because I have to write in them. Yeah. It's so hard for me to not write. And I also think that's why I'm so bad at journaling because I write so much in my books I don't have anything left to say. Yeah. I'd rather respond to something any given day than just write my own. Yeah. Um, but I read uh, Jesse Klein's book um, and I, I borrowed that one from the bookstore and I'm so disappointed and I kind of want to buy a copy so that I can go back and write through it because it was so funny and I think it would be hilarious to read, I'm not a huge rereader, but to reread it like after I've had children or because yeah. her collection of essays moves through her life. So moves from her childhood and then she has her, at the end of the book, she has her first child and I, and I thought, oh, it'd be fun to come back and read this if I have kids one day and to like see, did I read it differently the second time around or, um, so yeah, I, I'm okay with keeping books. I just occasionally feel like I'm drowning in them. Yeah. I, I feel like they're everywhere. I can relate. <laughs> um, I was trying to clean up my apartment yesterday and the day before because people were actually coming over, not for fun or for anything, but to help me like move appliances. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but funny. I was cleaning up so that people could help me move appliances. And I was just like, where do I where do I put these books that are on the coffee table? Can I leave them on the coffee table? Okay, I just need to put them in organized stacks. Okay, and this looks better, but yeah. and there's still 15 books on my coffee and table. And it's just so much dust. I mean, if you thought about it, like if you think about it, it's just so much dust. And all my bookshelf my bookshelves are, like I said, they're not decorative anymore. They're like overflowing. Yeah. Um, there's this quote I wanted to read it. It's Anna Quindlen, and I love this quote. Um, I would be most content if my children grew up to be the kind of people who think decorating consists mostly of building enough bookshelves. Oh. <laughs> and I feel like that's absolutely true because I'm constantly evaluating, like, oh, should we get another bookshelf? Like, I don't even know where it would go in this house. But maybe we move the piano or we move the dining room table. Like, I just feel like I want the answer might be to purge a couple of books here or there, but in the long run, that's not even going to make a huge dent. Right. Like, because when Jordan came home one day, and I was like, I cleaned off my books shelves to make room. This was recently. And he was like, great, what are you getting rid of? And I had one grocery bag um, of probably 12 books that I took to the free little library near us. And Jordan was like, that, oh, okay. Like, that, like, <laughs> and he's fine with it, because like, he likes books too, but it was like, that was my definition of purging my bookshelves was I found 12 that I feel comfortable yep. getting rid of. Rid of. Uh, when I graduated from college, I like packed up a box of books and it was probably 20, 25 books. And I didn't own nearly as many books then as I do now, but I brought them to this used bookstore to get store credits so that I could buy other things. And like, even that guy didn't want like half of my books. <laughs> so then I just came back with a box with of, ten, all of, your of 10 books and like $14 credit <laughs> at the used bookstore. Ugh. Yeah. I, I, um, I think it kind of is what it is. Like I'm a book lover. Mm-hmm. My house is full of books. I grew up in a house filled with books. Um, I honestly think that's why I'm a reader today. Like, mm-hmm. or at least part of the reason is I grew up in a house full of books and you know what? It didn't matter what kind of books they were um, because my parents and I have pretty different reading tastes mm-hmm. but I still was in a house where books were accessible where I knew my parents were reading um, I've talked before to like mops mothers of preschooler groups and one thing I told them was yes reading to your children is important like absolutely but it is also so important for your children to see you reading yeah. and for them to know hey 
this is enjoyable. And my mom, my mom will sometimes say, oh, you know, I wasn't a big reader while you guys were growing up. And I disagree with that completely. She might not have been a big reader of fiction when we were growing up, but I very vividly remember her reading like family management or parenting books. Like, uh-huh. and guess what? Didn't matter to me it what was, the content was that was she was reading. I saw her with a highlighter in her hand reading. Paying attention. A- and guess what? Now I read with a pencil in my hand. Like, so I've got books coming out my ears <laughs> and I don't really care. Like, I'm okay with it. Um, and, you know, I guess. I guess I'll build another bookshelf. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I, I kind of think about the future with my books, too, because, like, my parents read now, mm-hmm. but they didn't read when I was growing up, mm-hmm. like, at all. All the books in the house were mine. <laughs> Not all of them, but most of them. I mean, they were children's books, but I just think, like, if I have children someday, I would like for books to be accessible to them yeah. in our home. Yeah. That they don't need to go out and like buy copies of books all the time right. which is probably what started my <laughs> terrible book buying habit yeah i have no money <laughs> yeah. what money i have i spend on books i went sometimes i don't as much here in thomasville but in tallahassee i had a lot of friends with kids and so they would come over to my house and i honestly think between the ages of like maybe 18 months and three years uh, kids love pulling things off shelves and yeah. we see it at the bookshelf constantly <laughs> all the time <laughs> um but my, my friends would get upset with their kids, like, oh, I'm so sorry, they're messing with your bookshelves. And I would specifically put, like, not, I mean, I wouldn't put, like, the world's greatest literature on my bottom two shelves. But I liked that they did that because I wanted that, like, you're supposed to get your kids feeling comfortable right. with with grabbing things off the shelf and mm-hmm. flipping through pages. And um, I'm just not super particular. I know a lot of people are. This might be a conversation for another day, but... Hunter and Rebecca have very specific attitudes towards right. towards how, the treatment of books, and I think a lot of people are shocked when they find out I dog ear books. Um, I mean, as long as I own them, I'm not an animal. But like, <laughs> <laughs> but but if I own them, like I dog ear the pages. Mm-hmm. I one time I went to the beach and didn't have a pen with me on the beach, so like I ripped little Ooh. where I had notes. I ripped little pieces of the book um, because I didn't have a pencil and I wanted to mark that line and. I don't know. Like, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with how I treat my books, and I'm okay with kids when they come in to my home. Store's a little different, but, no. but to my home. Store's different. To my home, like, I kind of want them to flip through the pages, and I don't know. Um, I, I have a question for you to end this episode. Okay. If, you, if your house was destroyed, Ugh. what two or three books would you have to take? Okay, so this is a difficult question because, like, there are so many classic books that I love mm-hmm. that I could just buy another copy of. Right. Like, I love The Great Gatsby a lot. Right. But I'm not going to save The Great Gatsby because we have ten in the store. Right. We probably have, like, one. Um, <laughs> but but you know what I mean. Yeah. I've talked about this a lot with, with actually my... I should have brought this up earlier, but my friend Olivia has this philosophy where she gives books away... And gets purchased for bookshelves based on, like, will I be able to find this again? Oh, interesting. Um, so she will keep the things that, like, are not, like, classics or bestsellers. She will keep things that are important to her or probably things that are more sentimental to her. Mm-hmm. But, like, she's not going to go out. She's not going to keep, like, her whole Nabokov collection or, right. like, Gatsby or And she might, um, she might be one of those people who gives off of her bookshelf. Oh yeah, no, I took yeah. I took 
upwards of 30 of her books oh, wow. when she moved. Yeah. Um, so I have a lot. Um, so interesting question. Of the ones that I own, um, I am really attached to two 19th century books okay. um, that I have that are like antique and old, and one is um, it's a collection of Tennyson's poetry that was printed while he was alive. Okay, wow. Yeah, um, it's like 1830-something. No, that's wrong. It's 18-something. Cool. Maybe 72. Um, I have an earlier one than that, that's Spencer's Fairy Queen, which was written in the 1500s, but I have a 19th century copy. Both of those were given to me for free. Um, given to my dad for free, who then gave them to me, um, because <laughs> he brought home a box of a bunch of like old books, like anything good in here, and I was like, these two, the <laughs> rest, take them. the rest not so much, but these two are incredible. I will take. So I would take those two, and then I would probably take. Um, a 1940s copy of C.S. Lewis's The Allegory of Love um, that my parents bought me for Christmas a couple years ago. So old things. Yeah. Old books that, that I, you wouldn't, you couldn't that replace. I, that I couldn't replace. Yeah. 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 And the same to you. What would you, if you, if you had to choose three? Um, well, I asked you because I don't know. But <laughs> um, I just know. I'm shocked at how quickly I was able yeah, to Yeah, you were that. able to pull those out pretty good because um, I did not ask you that in advance. Um... Well, one I know for sure because whenever why does this question come up at dinner parties? I don't know, but I feel like people ask like, "What's the one thing you would um, take from your house if it was burning?" Um, or, which is a really horrific question. It really is. Um, but <laughs> but um, when I was thirteen, so I was super close with my granddad, and when I was thirteen, um, he passed away. But my thirteenth birthday, he was alive, and he gave me his Bible, mm. um, which he. He just, he was prolific. He wrote in his Bible. He was very thoughtful, um, asked a lot of questions. And so that was his gift to me. Um, When I, like, turned 13, um, my dad always did a blessing um, for us when we made milestone birthdays. And so that was my gift, was for my granddad. And it has all his notes in it. And he wrote in it and he wrote in it about thinking, I don't know. It's just the nicest inscription. And so that is a thing and it's thick and the pages are crinkly. Like, like it was a true gift because it was his life. Like in notes, like I, part of the reason I have five Bibles up there is because like I've written in all of them. And and anyway, that I know for a fact that is one I would grab. It's hard to know about some of the others. I've got some of my children's books like that belonged to me when I was a kid on my shelf in the dining room. And I, I think I'd probably take something like that. Um, but I just know for certain that one I would grab, um, a lot of others, you're right. They're replaceable, which leads me to start thinking about, Oh, so why don't I let people borrow my books more? I don't let people borrow my books because they have notes in them. That's the thing. Like, but, but if they were lost in a fire, I'd be okay. Yeah. I mean, if I was limited... I but it's kind of like, in the hypothetical, like, yeah, it would be okay. Right, but it really wouldn't. But I'm in a, in a practical sense, <laughs> right. like, we, there is no fire. Right, <laughs> like, that's true. Um, yeah, so I'd take, I'd take my granddad's Bible, maybe a children's book, and gosh, I also love my copy of Walking on Water by Madeline Lingle. Like, just any book that kind of started to formulate and, like, where I have notes in it and you can see my mind changing. Yeah. Like, you can see my opinions changing. that's, like, all of my books. Yeah. That's why it's so hard. Yeah, you're right. That's why it's hard. So I would grab that book from my granddad and then 
then thankfully my house is not burned down and I can keep all these others yep. in nooks and crannies that, of my home. That shelf is pretty close to that fireplace. <laughs> I don't burn fires because I don't I I don't know how. <laughs> Unless it's, it's very for another easy. I'll day. Talk about it. <laughs> Sometime soon. So I would love to know what you guys think. Um, if you're listening to this episode, I'd love to know which books you keep. Do you have books in your home? Um, I hope that you do. Yeah. Um, you can find full episodes of From the Front Porch on iTunes or on our store website. That's www.bookshelfthomasville.com. The house without books is like a building without windows. Oh. Is that is that the quote? It's a body without a soul. Or, or that too. Yeah, there's uh, that one too. Same thing. So let us know what you think. What books do you have? How do you display them? And why? Let us know. Tag us on Twitter or on Instagram at Bookshelf Thanks so much for listening and we will see you next week.